We give God praise today. I'm really excited about our teacher this morning. I've been waiting to hear Brother Paul teach for a long time. A long time. Because you can just be around him and know that he has something of value to share with us, just that God's put in him. God's put done a lot in him and put a lot in him. And every time I'm around him, you know, the, you know, the one thing that I see when I'm around him is just that the love of God just flows out of him. Doesn't matter where you run into him at. Doesn't matter what's going on. The love of God is just always flowing out of him. And so I'm excited for Brother Paul to make his Sunday school teaching debut. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I like to start this off with a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity to sit here and talk before your people, or our people. Lord, help me, guide me, take this fear out of me, and strengthen me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start off with the definition of the word that I'm going to be talking about today. And that word is relationship. In the Webster Dictionary, it's defined as a state of being in a relate. In, excuse me. It's defined as being related or interrelated, interrelated into or entering into marriage or relationship, uh, connections, binding. Uh, in this. Relationship with God is different to me. The relationship that I have with you all is totally different from the relationship that I have with God. The relationship God has gave me and done with me, he has showed me over the years how he's been there for me, regardless to the way I have did things, the way I have carried on in life, because if it was me, I would surely be in the grave. If it was me trying to save my soul, I would be in the grave. So I am glad that the Lord took me out of the poverty and out of the thoughts that was going on in my life. Uh, I was born and raised in the projects. I don't know if any of you all know anything about living in housing projects, but there was no love there. You had to have special places that you can go to find love. And that was only in people's houses that's like we have cell roofs. We had people that had churches in their houses. We also had people that would come to the community to try to spread the word of God to you. And they went through a lot of persecution, a lot of torment. They had to go through a lot of things. And I sit back and I, I watch these things happening, and I ask the Lord, I say, Lord, you know, is it worth it? And the Lord turned around and told me, yes. It is well worth it. Where Satan was telling me, oh, man, you can, no, don't do that. Satan had me bound. Y'all, there is a way that he bounds you. If you don't break them changes and say, hey, this is it, you'll find yourself living in turmoil. You, you won't find no peace. God is full of peace. He's full of love. 
when he started showing me the peace and the love that he had, he said, now I want you to carry this staff, and I want you to show this staff. I want you to walk around and show it. Because before, I was not that pleasant person. I was into drugs, marijuana, pill popping, acid, any drug you could think of, Paul Brown has to. Paul Brown has tried. And by the grace of God, I am standing here today with you all. Without a habit, without the habits. He took the smoking, the cigarettes, all of it from me. I went through trials and tribulations in my life, but it was to make me stronger. And I had to realize that God allowed me to go through these trials to make me stronger. I watched you all over the years. I watched Pastor Casey preach. I watched Pastor Tim preach. I watched the pastor preach. And I watched how they bring their messages. It is very wonderful. I want you, I want you all to know you touch me deeply. Forgive me if I get emotionally, but I'm that type of person. I will cry. I don't mind crying. I got The Lord had me to step out on faith doing what I'm doing now because it's something I'm not used to. I'm not used to talking to people, holding conversations with them, a crowd of people. I have never been the type of person that likes to sit down and study a lot because of the fact that when I was young, I didn't take time to educate myself. I started having children. My wife had five kids by then. The Lord blessed me to raise all five of them to get grown. And it was only through him that this has happened. He gave me the desire to want to do right, to want to work, to want to get the money the honest way instead of the crooked way. I could, I could be a rich man today if I wanted to be crooked. But, but that wasn't the Lord's way for me. And I thank him. I'm overjoyed that he took the thoughts of my youth and changed it. Because if Paul was still living in his youth, you all couldn't stand Paul. You all wouldn't want to be around Paul. Because I was about the world and the worldly things that the world had to offer, not what Christ had to offer me. When Christ stepped into my life and made me realize that he was my only love, not my first, my only, because I thought my family was my only love until my family turned their back on me. When I started seeking God and his greatness and his goodness, I found out my family members didn't want that. And I wanted this for them so bad to the point it hurt me to see them not want it. And when I left the church that I was going to, because I wasn't being fed. See, you could talk the word to a person all day long. If they're not being fed in that word, they're going to be just sitting there dead. And I sat there in a, in a dead church that was not feeding me for years. Until the Lord came and told me, he said, Paul, it's time to move. It's time to get up, go do better things in life. And I got to looking at you all. I got to come into this church. And you all have so much love. You all don't even realize how much love you got. You don't even realize how much love the Lord has instilled in each and every last one of you all. You give me the strength to go on. And I thank him. I thank him for each and every last one of you. I thank him for this church house. I thank him for the pastor. And a lot of people look at me and say, well, Paul, you know, you seem to be this type of person that will do this. 
I was too busy trying to be in the in crowd when I was young. I don't know if any of y'all tried to do it. But I was too busy trying to be accepted to be cool or to be this person that everybody thought that had things going on. When the Lord was sitting there telling me, son, this ain't the way. I was hard-headed. I was very hard-headed. And Christ turned around. He has a way of softening that head. You know, a lot of people feel like it's bad to go through trials and tribulations, but it's not. It's not. You learn from your trials. You learn from your tribulations. You learn when the Lord calls on you to do things, to obey him. Because I was, I'm going to tell you, I was being very rebellious. But when he came into my life, he humbled that spirit. He made that spirit willing to listen, willing to hear, willing to show his love. Where at a time, I'd rather sit back and get you high <laughs> than to talk God to you. And God turned around and told me, he said, oh, no, that's not of me. He said, I want you to be about me and my works. I'm learning his works. I'm still learning his works. And I thank him. I thank him for be allowing me to be able to learn his works. Because you got a lot of people don't even think about it. It took me getting close to 60 years old to accept the Lord the way I should accept him when I was a kid. The bad part about it, y'all, I was raised up with a preacher. My daddy preached. And I made one of the worst kids that a preacher could have. Because I tried each and every little thing out there to satisfy the soul. And wasn't satisfying that spirit. Because I wasn't putting nothing in that spirit, man, to satisfy. But all that sin. When the Lord took and started satisfying the spiritual man, he changed Paul Brown. And I thank him. That's why I could tell you I have a relationship with him and I love him dearly. I won't give up. I won't stop. I don't care how big a fool I might seem or look. I will stand. And I, I feel a little better now. The nervousness, the scaredness, I feel a little better. And, and I thank you. I thank you all. You know, I, I thank you all for allowing me to be able to get up and express myself and to talk to you what he means to me. Because he means the world to me now. I can't get enough of him. I'm being fed. Do not stop feeding. Regardless of what you do in life or where you go in life, do not stop feeding that spirit of love. Keep showing that spirit of love. Keep carrying what the Lord gave you because it's genuine. It's something you can't buy at the store. It's something can't nobody else give you. It's something only he can give to you. And I thank him. I thank him for each and every last one of you all. I thank him for waking me this morning. I tossed and turned for the last four or five days because of this. But I thank him. I thank him. He can toss and turn me some more, you all. And I'll come before you again and tell the Lord, I love you. I love what he did. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about me. I was the type of person, I went to a training center for service. Walter Jean Sharp was my pastor at the time. He did missionary work. The first man ever gave me my first pair of free shoes. My mama raised eight children. 
by herself. My father ran off and left. I went to the hospital, had operation on my eyes. I stayed blind for probably two years. And the Lord brought my sight back. A lot of the things, a lot of things that I was taking for granted when I had my eyes, when I didn't have my eyes, and I was laying there in the bed and couldn't see, you all, I talked to the Lord every day, 24 hours a day. That's all I had. The moment he gave me my sight back, do you know that I let that kink of worms come in there and steal that? He came in there and stole that joy. He came in there and stole everything that the Lord had created simply because I didn't have no foundation. I, didn't have, I, I wasn't built up on nothing. I wasn't sitting there studying his word to make sure that this is what I needed. I, I would hear it, but that's all. It went in one ear and out the other. And I, I'm quite sure that it happened to a lot of us. But at the time that it was happening, I kept saying to myself, it's got to be something better. So one day I was sitting up and I say, Lord, I say, if you're more powerful, you say you're powerful, then take these things away from me that's wrong, that I'm doing wrong. The very first thing I thought that I could never give up and never smoking marijuana, y'all, I loved it at the time. He took the taste out of my mouth. He, he took that taste out of my mouth. He showed me there are other things that you can do, other places you can go to elevate my mind, get it out that gutter. I had a lustful demon also. I used to be trying to be a flamboyish man. Thought I was a ladies' man, as they called it. But guess what? I found out I was being a knucklehead with that, too. <laughs> so I, th I thank him. I, th I thank him for all things. I, th I thank him for my ups, my downs, my turnarounds, because in everything that he has did, he told me I love you. And I can't do nothing but tell him I love you back. And I thank him. I thank him all the time. I walk sometimes, and the Lord talks to me all the time. Not just, just here at church. When I'm walking around out on the street, someone can say something wrong or go to acting crazy with me, and I'd be pleading the blood of Jesus. I found out it works. When you plead the blood of Jesus, it works. I first had a problem when I was falling off to sleep at nighttime. I would have a lot of bad dreams, wicked dreams come to me. The devil was trying to attack me when I first come to this church because he didn't want me to stay. My wife, I woke up one night. Ugh. My wife, what's wrong with you? I was having bad dreams. She told me, start pleading the blood of Jesus. When them dreams come upon you, you plead the blood of Jesus. I went to pleading the blood of Jesus. I don't have bad dreams no more. <laughs> I don't have them. Love what he's doing. He give me so much peace. Y'all, I'm gonna tell you something. I could be in debt up to my neck, and guess what? He still show me joy. Yes. I could be down to my last, and he still let my love flow in joy. And I thank him. So that's about all I got to say, you all. And I love you all, and I just want you all to know, you know. He's just, he's just been good. One second, because you said something a minute ago um, where you've been you're talking about all the stuff God God's done in you, 
And and what I heard out of it was that through all of those things, your God was built in relationship in you with Him because it was it was something where God would show Himself to you and and then you go on to something else and God will show Himself to you. Can you talk, just talk for a, I know you done, but can you talk just another minute about about how um how you sought after God in those times and him and he proved himself to you and then and you built that relationship with him over time because obviously the man we have today is very different than the other man. So what a how'd you build that relationship? The way the re- relationship came on is I got down to my last wit. I mean it was either, Paul, you go serve the Lord, or you get out here and you do what the world has for you. I went out to see what the world had for me. I didn't like it. I'm going to tell you, I did not like it. It was too much wickedness. It was too much. People were just overwhelmed with doing wrong. And deep down inside, I always had it in me to want to do right. But it was hard for me to accept right because of the situation and the way I was brought up and the things that was surrounding me. My surroundings started predicting the things that I was doing. And when my surroundings started predicting the things that I was doing, the Lord stepped in and he said, are you sure that's what you want? Y'all, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me that really shook me. I was in a club. I was partying. You hear me? I was having a good time as we say. I heard a voice come to me while I was in the club. If I came for you now, would you be ready? This is what he said to me. Would you be ready if I came for you right now? You know my honest answer I had to give? No. I knew I was not ready. He t- I told him. I sit there and I thought about all the things that was going on in, in life. And all the things that was happening. And I kept questioning why. Why? He said there is something better. He said but you got to seek me first. He said you'll never know what's good for you. Until you seek me. Y'all this is a very different man here. Standing before you all. It used to be a time I could sit down and tell you. Okay let's make money. Let's go into hustling. Let's go into the realm of the drug world. Because I was raised around it. And then the Lord turned around and told, showed me, this ain't what you want. He said, show me one drug dealer that made it into heaven. He said, show me one drug dealer that has successfully made it as a drug dealer. Every one of them is either in the grave or in the jail. Every one of them. All of my friends that I grew up with that was in the eighth grade, most of them are dead in the grave. Because they made the choice to get into the world. Me, thank God I was scary. Thank God I was a coward. Call me what you want. Thank God I was. And I'll be a coward from here on if I have to serve him. So I thank him. Because he could have let me go on and be ignorant to the facts. And let me just get out there and do my thing. As a lot of people did. It was a lot of people that went on and did their thing. The Lord told me, he said, no, 
I got something special for you. I got something. Your work is not done. It's something I, got, I want you to do. If you'd have told me a year ago I would be standing here doing this, I'd have told you crazy. I'd say, you, you lost your mind. No, this ain't, no, not Paul. Paul, no, oh, no. If you say, let's go to the club, we, we, we might be talking about something. But then the Lord turned around and he told me, he said, those club days are over. The day he came to me and told me, are you ready? Or would you be ready? That shook something inside of me that has never been shooken before. And I ain't been shook like that since. And I didn't see death. I watched my mama die. I watched my grandbaby die. I watched my first wife die. I watched a lot of people that was close to me die. But you know what? He gave me all the comfort that I needed to make it through. I didn't dwell on the death. He gave me more than a mama in you all. He gave me more than a brother in you all. He gave me more than a grandbaby in you all. That's why I say you all don't know how deep y'all love go. It's, it's, it's deeper than what you think. You got a man that couldn't be moved being moved. That would refuse to be moved, want to move. You got a man that want to step out there on faith and say, here I am. Take me. I'll go. Whereas it used to be a time I sit back in the cut. Oh, brother Pacacia, don't handle that. Uh, don't do this for me. Now, I have no reason to run. Talk to me, brother. You know, um, brother Paul, I don't see you as a coward because um, I've been in the same place as you was. It takes bravery especially in them situations, it takes bravery to do right. Yeah. It takes bravery to step out and to serve God. That's why, to me, yeah. what hit my spirit, you said that, and I couldn't sit still, and I'm like, I don't see you as a coward. I don't see anybody in here as a coward because, um, because throughout the Bible, whenever God appeared through angels, whenever it was always fear not. In other words, be brave. Fear not, be brave. Fear not, be brave. It take because it takes bravery to step into and serve in the kingdom. It's cowards that stay in the world and serve the world because that's so much easier. It's comforting. It's it's easy for us. It comes natural for us to do that. But God's saying we're brave. Be brave. Step in. Step over here. All you need's a little bravery. Just be brave and take us. It's all. You're not a coward. Well, You're not a coward. What, what, I was, what I was saying when I was considering myself as a coward at the time is not that I didn't have the bodacious to do the things that the Lord wanted me to do. I refused it. That's where the cowardness came in at, is I, I knew better. He said, when you know better, you do better. I knew better and was willing not to do better. That's why I became a coward. That's how I became that type of person to say, I turned my back on everything and thought that was the answer, and it wasn't. You can run, you can run all you want to, but if the Lord got something he wants you to do, he's going to get you. <laughs> One way or another, he's going to get you. I don't care how, 
look at me. Yo, I was a thug. When I say a thug, I carried pistols, <laughs> smoked my weed, did my, and would shoot it. Didn't mind taking a life. Because I, I walked upstairs to the 11th floor and walked over dead bodies going home all the time. So it didn't bother me. I had to go into elevators with urine all over them just to get home, just to get upstairs. And the Lord turned around and he said, now is the time for you to be the man that I want you to be instead of being the man you want to be. Amen. So I thank him. I really do. I, I, I thank him. When I think about how, whether or not I'm worthy of the things that he's given me and he's doing for me, if the inner man was to talk, he'll tell you, no, I'm not worthy. But the spiritual man tell you all day long, Father, pour me more. Yes. Give me more. I want, I want so much of them, I want to be able to sing like my sister. Because she has a voice that's so uplifting that when she sings, I can hear her voice and be outside and know it's her. I don't have to doubt whether it's her or not. Sister Cindy, when you sing, I don't have to worry about, is that Sister Cindy? I know it's her. Her, her, her voice just flows. So I thank her. What you trying to say to me? Sorry about that, Pastor Cindy. But she always, I, I have a bad habit. When I meet a person, you call me, you, you call yourself brother or sister when I first meet you, it's hard for me to kind of switch it over. But Pastor, I am sorry. I love you. And anyone, anybody else? Um, brother Paul, you're, to me, you're a symbol of strength. I just want to say that you're a symbol of strength and, a, and, a, and someone that, an example of surrender, what God can do for those people in the world. I come from the world, from drugs and alcohol, not to the degree you did. But what really jumped out at me is the comment that you made. While you were blind, you were communicating with God 24 hours a day, every day. You so the blindness didn't affect your faith. It caused you to go after God, but when your eyes was open, you left him. So the things that you could see pulled you away from him. So... Uh, it was just fascinating to me that as long as you couldn't see those things, it wasn't the, um, a lot of times our conditions will cause us to pull away from God because we're, a, a situation like that where you're blind can cause anger and all kinds of things and, and rebellion. So God, I can't see, you know, and so, and, and close in. But that wasn't the case. It, it had you talking with God and praying, but when you could see what was out there, you went after it. Went after the world. That's fascinating to me. Um, I, I guess kind of like Adam and Eve, when their eyes was open, they, they left God. Yeah. But God sent a way to bring them back, and, and, and he brought you back, and I thank God. Amen. I, um, yesterday I, I saw one of those little comic strips in the paper, and it said um, it was Dilbert, the guy in the, in the office, and he had, was having a meeting with his HR director, and the HR director called him antisocial, and he said, um, that he just doesn't like people once he gets to know them. And he said getting to know them happens accidentally when they talk. And um, and it was funny, but, but what I saw was that that is how we get to know someone. That's how we get to know God is with conversation. It's with talking. And um, one of the things that stood, that's standing out to me about how you've built that relationship with God, because first of all, is that you are so humble 
because um, God can't do anything with a prideful, self-righteous spirit. But you're so humble, um, and so God can use you in that. But also, all those times you said you, you heard from God in situations, you, he would ask you, you know, are you ready to go right now? Or I would see God moving over here. And uh, that's something that I've, that I've talked to our teenagers a lot about, too, is um, when things in life make you question, you go to God with your questions. You go to God with the problems, and you give God a chance to speak to you about what's going on and about what these questions are and, and about... What do I do with my life? You give, you give God a chance. You can't say, well, these things happen to me and there is no God. And, and from your, I'm sure a lot of your friends who, who ended up dead had, had the same set of circumstances, but in their mind they chose to say, there's no God, or if there is a God, he don't care anything about me, I'm going to do what I want to do. They never gave God a chance to speak to them. But the difference is what I'm, what I'm hearing, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, the difference is you just gave God a chance to speak. You gave God a chance. And, and you know, you went off and did your own thing here and there, but you, whenever God would speak, you would listen to him. And, and, that's, and over your life, you have a relationship with God so that now you can sum, submit to him. Am I right? And, yes, you're right. I, he, uh, see, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I wanted to commit suicide when I was young because of my relationship relationship my mother and my father had and the turmoils that they went through. He was being a preacher and separated from each other. That was like it stuck a dagger in my heart and just ripped it open. So Lord Jesus. But when all this stuff happened to me, I kept hearing his voice talk to me. And he kept telling me it's gonna be all right. He said, don't worry, it's going to be all right. He said, these things you don't have control over. He said, I do. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar. I say, well, Lord, you, you, you the rule over everything. See, I, I sit and I had a conversation with him just like I would have with anybody else. Yeah. And, and, and we got to the point where we were down to earth. He could come to me and tell me anything, and I could come to him and say, Lord Jesus, well, what about this? And he would tell me, Paul, if you do it this way, it's going to happen this way. And I was willing to sit back and say, hmm, if that's the way it is, he say, from, from a little bitty kid, I was raised to save, put back, hope, 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 that rainy day. But I was preparing myself. I wasn't allowing God to prepare it. So when I thought I had everything accomplished and done, he said, he said, now do it my way like I told you. And then the selfishness was able to go. It was able to flee because it was no more about making that paper, trying to make myself look bigger than what I was. Because I'll never get bigger than him. I'll never, regardless of what I get in life and what he do for me in life, I will always be that peon when it comes to him. But I'm glad to be that peon. Because being that peon give me the grace and the mercy to make it, to keep going. See, when you get so full of pride that you can't nobody tell you nothing or talk to you, 
you're living in a terrible situation. A very terrible. Because don't damn one of us wants to just go to hell. Everybody would love to go to heaven. But are you preparing yourself for it? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Are you truly preparing that heart to go to heaven? Because guess what? If there's anything in there that ain't right, it's got to go. It can't stay there. You, 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 I could sit here and play holy all day long. But if my heart ain't right, guess who's going to find guess, guess, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come out. You can't hide it. I, I'll tell anybody, I'm not a perfect man. Long, I have bad thoughts. I have all kind of things. But I plead the blood of Jesus in all of it. Yeah. Regardless of what I'm going through, I say, Jesus, help me. The blood of Jesus, cover me. Cover me. See, he learned me how to call on him in, 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 in situations that were bad, just as well as they were good. See, we could call on him when it's bad, but how many of us going to call on him when it's good? We got to learn to call on him at all times. We cannot put a break in between there because if we put a break in there, the devil, he's in. See, he told me something about a stream of water one time. It was a stream of water flowing. He said, this stream of water is me, and I'm flowing. He said, the devil's job is to throw rocks at this stream and try to clog it. He said, but if you're in my grace and my mercy, he said, I'll make the enemy your footstool. I'll put the block up and them rocks will hit him. So he said, I will make him your footstool. And when he told me that, I said, hmm, really? He said, if you give me half a chance, I'll show you. I'm a living witness. I am a living witness. I'm not dead. I'm not selling drugs. And I love the Lord. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else have anything they want to say? I can relate, Brother Paul, to what you're saying about the coward thing because what I remember as a child, I must have been taken to church when I was maybe Zeke's size, but I don't remember. But all throughout my, my like from four years up when I can remember stuff, um, I wasn't taken to church. and But I had a praying grandmother, you know. And so all through my life at one point when I was about maybe 10 to 12, I started going to a little church. I'd get on the bus and go to church. and So when I moved across it, um, I got involved with my friends. Every one of them smoked dope and shot up. And when I became 17 years old, I moved out of my daddy's house into a house with a friend of mine. And every night when I'd come home from work, they'd be sitting in my kitchen shooting up. But there was something in me. I was a coward. I, I would not. T Look, it was free for the taking. It was there. The devil made sure that if I wanted it, I could have partaken in that. But there was something on the inside of me that was scared of them drugs, you know. And I know that that was God's call on my life, that I never got hooked or I never got into drugs. Not that I didn't try it, so 
you know what I'm saying? Not, I never shot up. No way, Jose. Never, never. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm, and I may have smoked a joint or something. I did not like the way that it made me feel. And so um, it's the point I'm trying to make is when we're a child, it matters. So never stop praying for your children. Never stop praying for your family because if they were ever exposed to God, I believe that he plants himself into us and protects us. Why did I not get into it? The only explanation I can give is God because I had a fear in my heart for it. You know, I I was scared of it. I did thank God that I was scared to take drugs. And I just, I'm like you, Sat, and that's how I relate to what you're saying about the coward. Not that I was a coward, but I was scared of that. And I'm glad that I was because somebody evidently was praying for me. And I evidently had a mark on my life, and that wasn't the way for me. You know, not that I didn't do other things that's just as bad, but that wasn't my way. So I'm glad for that. I'm thankful that he, he, he moved mountains in each and every last one of our lives because the devil is trying to build a mountain around us. But it's up to us, each and one of us individually, to tear that hill down. Mm-hmm. See, we can either lift them up or we can tear them down. He gives you a choice. God is so merciful that he gives you a choice. He said, I will not force you to do anything. You're going to do it willingly. That's right. And guess what? I am more than willing. Amen. Amen. I just want to say, God, be the glory. I just thank our pastor because I can't believe this guy. I'm serious. I can't believe it because I backed up and I said, God, I'm not going to help him, not one lick. He's going to do this on his own. And I backed up and I can't believe what I said that came out of him, that came forth. And I know it's because of the prayers of the church and plus the pastor because she see things that, she see it in the spirit where I never saw it with my physical eyes. I never saw it. Because when I came here to be with Paul, they was drinking gallons of uh, vodka, gallons of uh, Jose Cuervo. I mean, they was doing gallons. And I said, God, you didn't send me down here for this. Because I was a Christian woman, and I couldn't believe it. And so God has turned his life totally around. No more gallons, gallons of water, gallons of juice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, um, what I just keep going back to is, um, like, when I, I was thinking about when I was in college. And, you know, they put so much wrong thinking in you in them colleges, um, wrong thinking, wrong, because none of them professors believe in God, and some of the worst human beings in America are PhDs, and they, uh, and they, and they, they fight God. If you come in there with the mentality of, I'm a Christian, they will seek you out in a classroom to persecute you, and, and they, they, it, they make it their mission to tear down any 
concepts that you have of what who God is and what and what is right. And so we got when we send our kids to college, we have to pray over them. We have to pray over them, but we also have to. We what I we want a relationship sometime, but we don't want a two way conversation. You know, you're you didn't just talk at God and tell him, God, why don't you do this, why don't you do this, why don't you do this, and never hear. You allow God to speak back to you. It didn't matter where you were at in your life is what I'm hearing. It's when you would listen to the Holy Spirit. Whether I'm sure you ignored the Holy Spirit many times. We've all done it. But, but you at least listened to the Holy Spirit. And just and I, remember, I remember sitting in my car in the parking lot at UAM, and um, and praying before I went into class one day, and and God spoke to me. And he said, "This is why that mentality takes other people, but it doesn't take you. And it's it's not because I'm super spiritual or because I'm immune or I'm I've got even, even it wasn't because I had too much of the word in me. It was because when I had a question." And I said, this makes sense, what they're saying. What they're saying makes sense to me, and now, I'm, and now I don't know what to believe. And I, I didn't turn to the person who I thought was making sense. I turned back to God, and I said, God, here's what they're saying. What do you have to say for yourself in this situation? What do you have to say? And, and what, I, what I love is, in your testimony, it's, I'm hearing the same story, it's you... You went through hell. You went through hell. And but you would allow God to come back and speak to you instead of just saying, I'm done. And I just I mean, how many times have have we in our own life can look back at areas where we would just say, I'm just done and I don't want to hear anything else from God because I don't believe him anymore for these reasons. And how many family members and friends do we have that that have made those decisions? because of their circumstances or because of something they got taught. I know I can I know countless people who went to college and got their minds messed up. Messed up. Um and who allow I know countless people who in the world, we all know people in the world who have allowed their circumstances and things that life has taught them to just mess their minds up. But it's that that's really the only key is that we Somewhere we got the mind to just have to listen to God instead of just talking to him. And that's why how you end up with a relationship over time. Somewhere you got the mind to just listen to that one, maybe nothing else from that God put in you, but that one little thing that said, I better not shoot up. I'm afraid. I was a coward of all those things. I wasn't touching none of that mess. And then at some point, though, because the Bible's true, if you raise up a child in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. Because when I was, when I was in college and I was and I was just going through a time, I said, you know, I'm I'm just sick. I'm sick of sick of this fight. I'm sick of all this. I'm gonna go to Monroe and I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs> and you know, I got in my car and I drove and I drove to Monroe. And on the way to Monroe, I said to myself, I don't even know how to order alcohol. What am I going to do down here? Where do you even go? I don't even know where to go for this stuff. And so I went and saw a movie, and I went back home. And so, and so, 
what else do you say about that? I said, I don't even know what to do. And so I do know that if we, that if we raise our kids the way they should go, because I can see in my own life they won't depart from it. No matter how much they want to at the time, they won't depart from it. And if we raise, and if, and if we get the mindset of, I'm not just taking my problems to God and throwing them at him, and I'm not just throwing questions at God and not listening, and I'm not just praying to God and not letting him respond to me, and I'm not just going on in my own life and doing whatever I want to do until I get ready to ask God for something and just expect him to do it. But if I get the mindset of a relationship is a two-way conversation and that God can just speak to me and I'm open to hearing from him and that maybe I let him speak more than I speak to him sometimes, then then how can I not end up like Brother Paul, who is humble, who is full of love? He, he brought a revelation today. That's a revelation. And how can I not end up like that if I just listen to God? My life will be fine. You're like, you've ended up, you're going to go to heaven because you just listened to God. Amen? God, we just give you praise. Do you have anything else? Okay, God, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you speak to our spirits, God. Thank you, Father, that you are always ready and waiting for an opportunity that we just listen to you and hear from you, God. I thank you, God, that you'll direct all of our paths if we give you the opportunity. I thank you, Father, that when we doubt and when we have struggle with unbelief, God, and we wonder if... if any of this is even worth it, God, that if we can take our questions to you, that you have the right answer. You have the answer for us to show us the answer to, to any question that the devil would try to put in our heart, God. We give you all the praise for that. I thank you, Father, for the life of Brother Paul. I thank you, Jesus, for the strength that he's brought to this body. I thank you, God, that you sent him to this church because you could have sent him any, any old place, God. But I thank you that you sent him here. I thank you, Father, that you've put the, the mentality in him to pray and to serve in the house of God and not just come and take. A lot of people, you know, we come to church for what we can get, but one thing I know about Brother Paul is he comes with the attitude of how can he give back to God after God's given to him, and I just give God praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, God. We invite you into the rest of this service, Father. We come with expectancy for what you're about to do in us, God, and to bring us closer to you, God, and to that relationship where we hear.